Welcome to the What I Love About You podcast. I want to tell you three things that I love about you. I love about your smile. You love my smile? I love your smile. (laughs) I love your laugh. You have a contagious and amazing laugh. I love your beautiful singing voice. I don't know if you've ever needed to be healed from something. Maybe it's something as simple as a cut on your hand or stitches on your forehead when you're little or something that's visible on the outside. Or maybe you recognize that there's a healing that needs to take place on the inside. Maybe it's bitterness or resentment or anxiety or fear or something that cripples you on the inside. And on the outside, you look great. No one would know. But on the inside, you would say, I need to heal from this trauma. I need to heal from this pain. Today, I want to just take a second and talk about how our words can help others heal. I believe that our words are life-giving, and I say that every week. We have the gift of words, and that gift can be so life-giving to others. But I think part of what truly brings life is when we help people heal From the moments when life has simply beat them up, when life has left them not as good as it found them, on the days when you feel like, I will never forget this day, although I will always want to forget this day. How can we bring life? How can we bring healing in those situations? It struck me with having four kids, we have been fortunate to never have any scenario where we've had any of our kids get stitches. Thank Jesus. I'm going to continue to pray that that is the case knowing full well with three boys and a pretty rough little girl that is fearless, that's probably not going to always be the case. But we've never had to take any of our kids to get stitches. We've actually never had a broken bone. I broke a bone when I was younger, but none of our kids have ever had a broken bone. There was one scenario, actually the beginning of last year. No, it was right after um, COVID kind of hit because I remember having to wear a mask and we had to take our youngest daughter to get an x-ray. We thought her leg might be broken. Turned out it was just like a sprain, possible growing pain, but she was at that age where she couldn't fully communicate and she was having trouble walking. So that whole process was very, very stressful. But there have been times that our kids have gotten bumps and cuts and scrapes and bruises. And our son the other day ended up pinching his finger in the backside of a Nerf gun, like where you pull it back, his hand got caught and it took a chunk of skin. And he just said to me, mommy, look, it's healing. And I thought it's so helpful when we can see the healing taking place, when we can see the evidence of improvement and progress. And sometimes it's very visible, like that cut on his hand. It's obvious that it's getting better. It's obvious that it's healing, but the stuff inside, sometimes it's so easy to believe the lie. Nothing's changing. Nothing's ever going to change. It's still the same that it was last month. This is not getting better. There's no healing taking place. And I believe that's when we need a community and people around us that we can say, hey, I'm struggling and I'm feeling like nothing's ever going to change. I'm feeling like I'm not making progress here. And people can step in and say, let me help you. Let me point out the things maybe you're not seeing. Let me point out the areas where I'm proud of you. And let me share my story in hopes to help you heal. Our third son was born in August of 2016 and his birth, he was almost nine pounds. 
his birth was a challenge to say the least. And afterwards left me feeling, for lack of a better term, broken. Like it broke my body. I struggled um, just in the recovery. I mean, I think a lot of times Hollywood and people can kind of skip over the recovery that needs to happen after you bring a life into the world. No matter how that's done, no matter what method you used or or by which means you used to bring a life into the world, there's going to be a recovery period. And I didn't hear a lot about that. And I knew for my first two kids, my oldest was very traumatic delivery. Um, all Every single one of my kids when they were born had the cord wrapped around their neck. They, um, my oldest came out blue and was not breathing. It took like 10 seconds, but felt like 10 years. If you've ever been in that scenario, you know, just, I want to hear my child cry, please. And I was so fortunate that all of my kids did not have any serious health conditions or issues due to those, you know, those deliveries. But my third, it was traumatic and it was hard. And I think part of what made it so hard was I came home to a, three-and-a-half-year-old and 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 two-and-a-half-year-old that didn't understand what had just happened and a brand-new baby. And for me personally, the jump from two kids to three kids was the hardest because, yes, my first two were 15 months apart. So everyone communicated, oh, my goodness, you got this. You basically have had two babies. They're now a little bit older. They're now a little bit more independent. I mean, still three and two. But but now having a new baby, it's going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be so much easier. And it was hard. When Barry would come home from work, it was no longer, okay, you got that one, I got this one. We had to play zone. We went from man defense to zone defense. You you know, someone always felt outnumbered and it was a struggle. But when I was in the hospital, I had the unfortunate experience of having a vein blown. A nurse was trying to put an IV in, something went wrong and it was so painful, not nearly as painful as bringing a child into the world but still painful. And I had, I mean, a bruised black and blue gnarly bruise on my forearm from this experience. But there was something about seeing on the days that felt like I was living a groundhog day. Like it was the same as the day before. I was sleep deprived. I was burnout. I was tired. I was getting up all throughout the night to feed a baby. I was doing the same thing all day long. Every single day I would feel like no time has passed. This is the same as yesterday. And the monotony of all of it really started to get to me. But I looked out my arm and I started to notice the bruise was healing. It was changing gradually. And this bruise on my arm became a reference point. It became almost like a lighthouse in the middle of a storm of no, progress is being made. Time is moving on. And there was something about visually being able to see that healing that meant something to me. And so when I think about how we can use our words to help in healing, I think about the seasons in my life and what has been the greatest struggle is when I don't feel any changes being made. I don't feel the progress. I don't see the progress. It's not tangible. So what if we started using our words to share our story, to share our journeys and point to Jesus and help people heal to where they could see it in us and believe it's possible in them and then point out the areas where we see healing in their lives. I believe one of the most healing things to hear and to feel is that I'm not alone. Someone won't be able to take away the 
horrible circumstance or the physical pain that I'm feeling or the fear that I'm facing, but to know that I'm not alone and to know it on a level of someone being able to say, I understand that's healing. That helps me hold on to hope. I believe if we want to use our words to help people in their healing process, we need to use our words to first and foremost point people to Jesus. Because Jesus, by his nature, he is grace. He is new mercy every single day. He is strength. He is peace. He is courage. He is confidence. So when I point people to Jesus, he is able to be whatever that person needs in their given scenario. When I can't understand, when there's not a moment of, yeah, I get that. I've been there. But I point them to Jesus. He does understand. And he can be exactly what they need. And the second way I think we can use our words to help people heal is by sharing our story. It's so sad to me that our culture has become this culture where in order for things to be shared, they've got to be polished and perfected. And there's got to be a fancy filter put on it. It's got to be just right. And we only present things if we're confident that they're going to get likes or a standing ovation or people feeling like, I want that. So we eliminate all of the parts of our story subconsciously sometimes that would be the struggle and the grind and the falling flat on our face moments. But that's what people need because that makes them feel less alone. That makes them feel less isolated. When you're able to hear, no, this is my story. This is where I was. This is the, these are the moments that I've felt like I would never be able to move forward, but God, but I did, but I got back up. That gives me hope. And just like my son, when he cut his hand, I put some cream on it. I put a bandit on it. We've protected it. We've kept it clean. We've done different things to help the healing process. I believe that we were put on this earth to help each other, to live in community, and to help each other in our own healing process, in our own journey, where there's going to be many bumps and bruises and cuts and scrapes. And then there's going to be those moments where we feel like the breath has been knocked out of our lungs, where we feel broken, where we feel hopeless. What I love about you is that you have a story. When I read scripture, I see that when Jesus was walking on earth, he told stories to explain things. He told stories when people would ask him about forgiveness or when people would ask him about generosity or when people would even ask him about salvation. He would use stories to explain different concepts that can be hard for us to wrap our minds around. And I believe he is writing a story in your life. And he's wanting you to share that story to help those around you. Your story is not less than anyone else's story. Your story is not incomplete in a way that it can't be shared right here, right now, in whatever chapter you find yourself in. You don't have to wait till you're on the other side of the hump. You don't have to wait till you're, you've experienced the breakthrough to be able to share what you're going through. I do think it is wise to be careful when you're in the middle of a struggle when you're in the middle of a trial, a hard season, to be careful who you confide in. Because people are either going to help heal that wound 
or they're going to pour salt on that wound and they're going to rip up that wound and they're going to plant more doubts and more fears into that scenario. So I would say be wise. But if you feel like, man, I'm continuously struggling with this, find somebody that you love, that you can confide in. Say, here's where I am. And then absolutely, once you've gotten to the other side of a trial, once you've gotten to the other side of a season, be quick to point to God's goodness through that season. Be quick to share. There are days in our lives when we look back and we think, I'll always remember that day. I'll always remember the moment that I heard those words. I'll always remember the moment that I got that phone call. And again, it's some of them are the days that we hope and we, we just wish that we could forget, but we know we never really will. One of those days for me was a day that I was driving to my first evening class at the University of Central Florida here in Orlando, where I live. And I was on my way to my first night class. And by a weird kind of turn of events, I ended up going a route to school that I never usually go. Because of the time of this class, I was worried about traffic and I stopped by to see my then at the time boyfriend and happened to ask his roommate's girlfriend for a jacket because my, my classes earlier in the day have been so cold. Now it's August in Orlando, Florida. And she kind of looked at me like, you need a jacket? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me get, you have a jacket I could borrow. So she gives me this windbreaker and crazy enough, I put it on. I decided I wasn't going to wait till I got to class to put this jacket on. So I put the jacket on, get my car, I'm driving, and I ended up getting into a horrible car accident. Um, I won't go into all of the details of the accident, but my windshield was almost completely shattered. It was buckled to the point there was glass everywhere. And that jacket's one of the things that protected me from getting cut up. The person who caused the accident was taken by ambulance to the hospital and I wasn't sure what happened to them. And I remember having nightmare after nightmare of just replaying that moment in my mind, the the moment of impact, the sound, the feeling. I was all alone. No one was in the car with me, feeling so alone, so terrified. And I can point to all of these little God moments throughout the scenario, just one of them. And probably the most simple and the most kind of like, oh, okay, would be the jacket. That was just one. But there's so many other little things. There was a gentleman that stopped and he literally held me until the officer got there as I was just weeping and terrified and honestly having an emotional breakdown at what just happened. The officer that came was so helpful, so kind. But the minute that she saw my car, She started looking into my eyes and she said, do you have any glass in your eyes? Are you sure you're okay? And I said, I'm I'm fine. I have my eyes are not hurting at all. She said, ma'am, you you should, you you could have been blind. She said, ma'am, that glass could have so easily cut up your eyes. You're not wearing glasses. You're not wearing anything to protect your eyes. I don't really believe in this, but somebody was looking out for you. And in that moment, standing on the side of a very busy road, I looked at her and said, well, I do believe in that kind of stuff. And I know for a fact that somebody was looking out for me. And there was a lot of adrenaline and a lot of emotion. And again, I was surrounded by complete strangers that were so incredibly helpful and so incredibly kind. I'll never forget talking to the officer 
and her asking me some questions about the accident, different things. And then her looking just over my shoulder past me and me thinking, well, I wonder what she's looking at. And she said, I'm going to guess he's with you. And I can still picture as I turned around, I saw a bright orange shirt running down the side of the highway. My fiance at the time, who's now my husband, who you guys have heard from on a couple episodes, worked at the Nike outlet here in Orlando, and they gave them these bright orange dry fit shirts. And he had gotten stuck back in traffic and and tried to pull over and get to me, and he couldn't. So he decided to run down the side of this busy highway. And he was running to me to get to me. And as soon as I saw him, I just felt like, okay, help is here. Comfort is here. Someone who knows me is here. Because while it's helpful for strangers to be there and and it meant so much to me and it got me through that season, I wanted the familiarity of someone that I knew to comfort me and to hold me and to tell me everything was going to be okay. And in that moment, when I saw him, the peace that just washed over me is something that I'll never forget. And I wonder who is in our life that God's saying, hey, I need you to run to them. I need you to get to them and I need you to be there for them. Even if you don't know what to say, even if you don't understand I need you to show up in their life with your words and help heal them, help heal their heart. Just your presence will provide comfort to them. It may feel inconvenient and it may, you may have to come up with a different method to get to them. You may have to get out of the comfortability of your car and run down the side of a highway. But I am calling you to be on a rescue mission to help me in a broken, imperfect, messed up world, reach people, get to them, help them heal, help provide peace and comfort. In the days and the weeks and the months after this accident, I wasn't sure if I'd ever be able to drive again without feeling so much anxiety. I wasn't sure if I'd ever be able to sleep without having nightmares and replaying certain things in my mind. And as time went on, the nightmares were less frequent. And every single time I forced myself to just, initially it was drive around the neighborhood. I got more and more comfortable, but I still wondered why God, why did you put me in this scenario? Why did you let me walk through this? Why me? There were so many things about the accident where I could see God protecting me and providing for me. But there was also so many things where it just felt like I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Why? And then I would feel guilty for feeling why because I should just be thankful that I'm okay. And I was and I still am so thankful. And it gave me a new perspective on life. I'm here for a reason. But I'll never forget A Wednesday night, my husband, for those of you that don't know, has been in student ministry for years now, and he served in many different capacities at our church. He's a pastor at our church. But in this season, he was the student pastor. 
and I got the privilege and honor of serving on Wednesday nights with our student ministry team. And I'll never forget a student came and I was talking with her after the service and she was broken and she was clearly just walking through a challenge and she started sharing her story with me. And there was many things I could not relate to. But then she told me about a situation, about an accident that she had been in and the similarities in our stories and in our circumstances were so It was bizarre how similar they were. And as she finished kind of sharing her story, I looked at her and I said, I understand. I walked through something so similar and I started telling her my story and she looked at me in her eyes. I'll never forget. They went from feeling so full of sadness to this hope. And she said, but you're okay. And I said, yeah. I'm more than okay. God has helped me heal from that experience. And I've walked through it and I've become stronger and I've become better. And the things that you're experiencing right now, you won't feel forever. And I was able to point her to the ultimate healer. But there was something about the fact that she knew that God had crossed our paths that helped her believe he cared about her that helped her take that initial step of faith and knowing there's a God who crossed my paths with somebody that could look at me and say, I understand and could give me some tips and some things to do that will help. There must be a God that loves me. There must be a God that cares about me if he's put this person in my life. What if I would have just sat there and been like, man, I'm really sorry that happened to you. And I didn't share my story. What if it was too painful in my mind to relive? And so I just decided I wasn't going to say anything. I would have missed out on an opportunity. And I believe wholeheartedly God would have provided somebody else to be a, a small part in her journey toward healing. But that's what I think every single one of us run the risk of every time we choose to stay quiet. We choose to not share our story. Now, I'm not saying you need to go start a YouTube channel and start all these videos telling every aspect of your life and every aspect of your story. But in the moments when you're in a scenario and you think, yeah, I can relate to that. Or you wonder why something happened to you. Share your story with those around you because you never know how it will help them. You never know how those simple words of I understand will begin a healing process. And just like that bruise on my arm, it's a reference point. And when I see healing in other people, it helps me to know that healing is possible in my own life. When our son's have gotten hurt or our daughter's gotten hurt and they feel like this is never going to get better. One thing I'll point out to them is, you know, the scars on daddy's knee. My husband has several very large scars. He's, he's not quite as fortunate. I've had one broken bone. He's had a major football injury, um, career ending injury that resulted in multiple surgeries. He's had stitches. He's had stitches on his back hand. I mean, the list goes on and on. 
but the ones on his knees are are pretty gnarly scars. I'll be honest, they make him look extra tough. But when our kids start to feel like this is never going to get better, I'll say, remember the scars on daddy's knee? That's proof that your skin knows how to heal and you will get better. We get to be that proof. We are walking proof. I'll never forget after my accident, a good friend called and I didn't even have the strength to answer the phone. I didn't even want to talk to anybody. And I think she knew that because she didn't typically leave voicemails, but she left me a voicemail and I kept it for as long as I could. And I would listen to it occasionally in other seasons, but I'll never forget the words she spoke. She said, you're stronger than you know. And since that accident, on the worst days of my life, in the moments when I didn't think I could move forward, when I didn't believe healing was possible, I replayed those words in my mind. And I knew that there was someone out there that believed that about me. And it helped me know that God saw me that way. That because of Christ in me, because of who God is, I have a strength in me that is beyond what I can comprehend. Those words were life-giving. And I've been on a mission ever since to find ways to use my words to bring life to those that are hurting, to those that would raise their hand and say, I need healing. I don't know how I'm going to move forward. Because In those seasons in my life, words have been so impactful. Let's use our words to help heal. Let's be adamant about sharing our story and pointing to the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. And if you're listening and you think, I don't know about that goodness or faithfulness, I hope that hearing part of my story today, just a small paragraph in a long novel with lots of ups and downs, will let you know that there is a God that loves you deeply. So much so that you're listening to this podcast right now. And he wants you to know that he can heal whatever you feel is broken. And you don't have to do life alone. I would encourage you to get plugged into a local church, to find a community of people that will be there for you on the good days and the bad. Find people that you can trust with the hardest parts of your story and you can share that and you can know that you're still loved by people and by God. You weren't made to do life alone, but we were made to heal. We were created in a way where our minds and bodies are capable of moving forward. And I truly believe Your best days are ahead. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so thankful for you. And I'm so thankful that you get to be a part of this community. I would love to connect on Instagram at Kaylee Oser. You can also check out my website, KayleeOser.com, K-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H-O-S-E-R. And I would just love it if you'd take a second and leave a rating and review. I'd love to know what you think. Have a great day.